Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror movies, comics, games, you fucking name it, and sometimes movie shit. We don't know. I'm your host, Zachary Smith, and I'm joined today by Brandon Rakowski and Mark the Kitty Cat Conway. Oh, I'm sorry. American Zacko is my name now, apparently. <laughs> you have been blessed with that name now. I have been blessed. The, yeah, uh, that's we, what we're going to call it. The uh, No, no, we just gave it to you and said you had no choice. The uh, and then occasionally we interview people on the Nightmares podcast as well. So uh, today you're one of them. I am the. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. Um, I think it's only appropriate because uh, I'll be uh, acting in the next uh, episode of Living Nightmares. So that was the brilliant idea of Mr. Brandon Rinkowski to uh, ask me some questions, and you know maybe I'll tell the truth. Um, or maybe I'll tell an exaggerated version of the truth. I don't know. Let's go with the exaggerated yeah. version because that's what he does. The, I was on the roof doing a little fiddle. I don't know where I was going with that. And full disclosure here, I came up with the idea for this interview <laughs> because I just got back from a three-day trip filming in Michigan. I'm super tired. And I realized if we interview you... I don't have to think of anything, and I don't have to research anything. I mean, you have to think I've... of questions and research questions, you know. And also, I've also had a very, very similar day that Brandon has had, so I was more than happy to oblige of having doing zero work with this, because we're just talking about me. However, I wasn't going to admit it, but since Brandon did first, I figured I'd join the party as well. Yes. <laughs> Brendan's far more honest in that regard. I was going to say, we were brilliant. Of course we came up with this. Of course we thought for weeks about about this amazing thing that we were going to do. No. No, no, no. no, just Brandon got too much sun over these last three days. He Brandon is very, very white, so he is a little pale. So yeah, he can't really take a lot of rays. Yeah. The, uh, so, anyway. So, question one. <laughs> You've acted in horror projects. I have. Which I should I've... probably say so. We are interviewing spe- interviewing you specifically about acting in horror films. Yep. You've done two shorts, one feature, correct? Or was it two features, one short? It was two features and one short. Okay. Um, and because I've seen two of the three, I've not seen your first one. Um, yeah, no, you haven't got an opportunity to see the, to see the first one. Um, and it was actually a longer short too. So it was probably about 50, it was 15, 20 minutes, uh, worth of a short too. So it was a little bit longer. So, uh, and it was definitely a hell of a production. And then also I, I was briefly in a horror, um, play as well. Um, uh, it was the first acting job I ever, I was ever fired from, but we'll get to that in a second. The, was it the only job you were ever fired from acting wise? No, I was actually that was the only time I was ever fired. It was great. The uh, that uh, which is um, uh, the I learned a lot. Learned a lot from what to do and what not to do from that particular situation. Of course, yeah. the one horror play he manages to get into. You're fired. Oh well, shit. So your first horror project was a Chance in Hell. It was. It uh, was directed by Tony Wash, who we interviewed last year on the podcast. God, it's already been a year at this point. Yep. It's crazy. Pretty damn close to it. Um. So yeah, so that was your first, and you're an extra in that one. I was, I yes. was, and I was also a PA on on staff. That was a an opportunity for me to you know earn my bones and you know and really understand how the the film process works. Because I had done 
uh, like a few film clubs in high school before then, and I had done you know um, a few um, amateur, very very amateur uh, stuff, very similar to how what you did, Zach. Um, you and I were doing very similar stuff at this at the same time when you used to go out to Algonquin and, and shoot films with your friends. Oh Jesus like, Christ! Like like it was it was shit like that. You've never seen those films, and uh, you'll never see the ones that I was involved in either. Yeah, there's uh, a difference. Yours are just obliterated into the ether. Mine's on a DVD. <laughs> Somewhere over there. Yeah. Oh my. The uh, if we find the combination to the safe, maybe we'll get in one day. But yeah, that was the first time that I was actually, um, if memory serves, I think that was the first time I was ever on a legitimate production of that scale. I mean, it was it was definitely you know a hundred thousand dollar budget type deal. I mean, uh, he was dealing with a red camera at the time, and which was the camera you know of 2010, which is when that film gonna, came out. Okay, I was going to say, what year was this? 2010? 2010, 2010, right around yeah. there. Um, and it was a full-scale production. They had a crew of probably about 30 people. Um, they had a couple uh, makeup artists that had come in from uh, from the East Coast, I believe Philadelphia. It was a whole team. It was like six different uh, you know, FX artists and um, you know, headed by several department heads. They had um, effects guys, they had um, stunt coordinators, they had you know um, Dallas grips. It was a full scale production, and I mean, and I and it was kind of cool. I got the, blood, to, the guts, the gore, the works, the works, and it actually was a hell of a first time experience to be learning that stuff. And I'm glad that I was a PA. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, I, I eventually got into acting, but the first couple days I was there in the old uh, Elgin Watch Factory, I was putting shit together. Um, I was, you know, I, I, I built a fucking coat rack, um, uh, to make sure that all of the extras and the, uh, the actual actors came in, can hang up their coats. Uh, I had, um, you know, helped put a few, uh, you know, a few, um, of the dolly tracks together, um, that were out of CVC piping, um, might help move a bunch of older equipment and, you know, it was, it was a cool experience. It was a cool experience to be on both sides of the camera in that production, um, but the uh, the next couple days, um, we uh, they had a big like one big day where they filmed all of the extra shit, you know. And obviously, this the whole film was it was about um, a platoon of soldier American soldiers in World War II that stumble upon a uh, a Nazi uh, concentra- a concentration camp slash experimental place where they were trying to develop super soldiers. And whoops, the Nazis invented zombies instead. So they, uh, so it's the American soldiers trying to fight their way through this facility, and uh, they uh, they go ahead and uh, get picked off one by one, and then it was that one big day where we had all the extras there. I I got to um, be uh, dished out in makeup. Actually, Brandon, I'll send you a few photos um, uh, from there, so you can probably stream it in in the podcast, so you can see me in all my makeup glory. Um, it was actually fantastic stuff. It was fantastic work. The uh, it was it was really really great work and I mean for people getting paid probably very the bare minimum to come out here and put those those effects on, God like thirty or thirty five extras like they did they did tremendous work um, and every single extra was costume fitted so that a costume designer to actually work with them so uh, Tony had a hell of a production it certainly gave me an idea about how to be on a bigger set. What the you know what the protocol was, and it happened to be a horror movie, which was a a, a fuck ton of fun. 
the um, uh, got to be a crazy, you know, a crazy zombie creature and run after a couple soldiers and be in all these all this great uh, you know effects makeup, which got so me. So you had to it. go through the whole makeup process. Yep. Um, what was that like? How long were you in the makeup chair for? I, I got to be in the makeup chair for about um, I don't know forty five minutes, you know, to an hour, um, and they had multiple people working on it. And this is something interesting. This is like my first taste of. horror movie culture and there's a great thing about it and it's in like Wes Craven's New Nightmare like they talk about it in like behind the scenes stuff they make a huge joke about the guy from Wes Wes Craven's New Nightmare how he he could never be the makeup guy because all the makeup guys are huge burly Viking guys that talk about like you know grindcore metal and and, and thrash metal and shit and they'll sit there and like they'll mix the the plaster and be like I saw Metallica back in 84 or 86 is fucking awesome Fuck Dave Mustaine and shit. <laughs> it's a fucking pussy. Got kicked out because he's an asshole. The um, uh, and then every every girl on that staff was all you know like, uh, you know, a princess, you know, a dark princess, um, uh, you know, pixie kind of girl that'll talk to you about Nightmare Before Christmas and every freaking um, Tim Burton movie for hours on end. And and I started to see some of the stereotypes and the tropes that go in for for in this case for the better, because um, uh, I fucking love metal and I loved sitting down and, and, and bullshitting about metal music with these guys for hours um, for the entire time that I was in the chair. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be around that and that's where I first started to realize like, oh shit, like the culture is really cool. It, it's a really friendly, friendly group um, uh, and, and they're very inviting. They want people to be a part of it um, and I've, we said this a bunch on different podcasts but the community loves to talk to the fans. The fans love to talk to the filmmakers. Filmmakers love to talk to others. Like they all get together afterwards and have a beer. Like it's it's not it, it, there's nothing serious about it um, in that regard. You can do some serious work and you can do some great work, but you know, it, but it's just not you know it's not the kind of culture that's very pretentious or you know taking shit seriously that probably shouldn't be taken seriously. I make the grandest of Oscar bait A24 films. What do you do? Yeah, it's not a lot of that bullshit. Like, you know, and that's why I tell all all of my actor friends and I've told Vinny, I've told Vinny, I've told several different people, you gotta be in a fucking horror movie. This is just a good time. It, it, It allows you to free up your, you know, ambitions. You can just enjoy being on a set. And, and being around the culture because it's a good positive energy, and which is ironic because horror is all about human beings and other thing, you know, and or creatures doing horrible things to other human beings. Um, but you couldn't, you know, meet a more loving community. So we bring all that to the film, so we don't have to worry about it in real life. Exactly. 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 It's a great form of stress relief. That's what I've always equated it to. You know, it's it's a way for you to get your demons out without actually getting your demons out. Yep. Some people have video games. Some people have horror movies. You have both. Yep. <laughs> the uh, so so yeah, it was a fun experience. Good. So how did you get involved with that one? Like, what yeah. did, what did you have to do? Did you just meet Tony one day, just walking around and be like, "Hey, how you doing? Want to be in a movie?" So Tony's actually from St. Charles, Illinois, which is right next to Elgin, where my college is, ECC, mm-hmm. and they were hosting auditions um, uh, for several different roles. Um, I know that, um, uh, and I had actually auditioned for Tony for a couple of the speaking roles. Um, didn't work out. Um, but I ended up, um, you know, talking with a, a few people that were um, that I'm friends with, including Vinny, 
um, who had uh, who had come on and, and they said, you know, hey, they're looking for people to be extras and everything else. Why don't you tag along? And I think I got in a com- you know, I started to be friendly with Tony because I'd run into Tony because he worked at Village Choir and I used to be in there all the time. So I'd run into him and I think we through the course of conversation and he just said, hey, why don't you come on and be a PA and then you can just be in an extra. But I had auditioned for the actual film itself um, uh, and, and unfortunately didn't get it at that time, but um, it was one of those things that, that you know, it was just a matter of circumstance of being in the right place at the right time and, you know, and talking with the right people. But, you know, all my friends from college were in the, most of them that were in the theater department were in that, in that movie. So it, it was only natural for me to, to, for me to be there at that time. So it was fun. But, but that's generally how I got involved with Tony. Um, and then, you know, still periodically saw him even after that filming. Yeah. And then him and I would check in and each other, hey, what are you working on? Hey, this is what I'm working on, this is what I'm up to. And, you know, little little conversations here and there. Sure, it's sweet. Cool. So you were one of the zombies in the project. So what did your acting, your background acting, uh, entail of? Like, what did you have to do? It was a lot of physical, actually, which was kind of cool. Um, I, the, um, um, I know that they actually had a stunt coordinator on, on set to do a little bit of rehearsal, um, and Tony actually did this like interesting thing where he had a, a like a, a huge general rehearsal like earlier that day before everybody got into makeup and they and they kind of made like a, a you know, like you see in those eighties movies like they have a dance line where they have like the the guys on one side and the girls on the other side and then they come together and they kind of go down the center like they did that for everybody and they got an opportunity to show their zombie walk um, and then Tony would as you as the people were going down he would shout out directions and say hey try this try that. And um, and then also we worked with the stunt coordinator that was on there, uh, and uh, about you know doing some falls and doing some movements. Um, you know I did a little bit of dance in the theater, so it was a lot of like movement work, honestly. Like and it was just having really fucking high energy because you know I have high energy now, but even back then I had and I can out enthusiastic anybody. So it was kind of a lesson in acting is more than just saying your lines that you've been given. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, the good news is I've always known that. Um, so it was easier to do that. And actually the funny thing is that, um, most of the time, if, if I were to, you know, I think that was advice from Harrison Ford. You know, he is always like very specific of why is this line being said? Does it need to be there? You know, and sometimes, you know, you can just, you can say a bunch of shit, especially in film, um, a bunch of shit without even saying anything. And, and sometimes truly less is more. So if you can convey whatever you're doing physically, why not? Or with a look or with a thought or whatever the case may be is, then why not do that? I'm going to sidetrack here a little bit just because I'm curious. What is your favorite Harrison Ford performance? Ooh. Not the best movie you think it was in, but actual just looking at his individual performances if you had to pick one or two I, it's you know what um it's gonna be the fugitive okay and and indiana jones do you want to know what mine is see the correct answer was han solo in episode five no i love um uh, I, I i love i love the character of indiana jones you know he's extremely flawed um there's a lot of similarities between uh, between um, him and John McClane. And that's why I like both of them. You know, they're real people. 
I have a recommendation for you. Mm. My favorite Harrison Ford performance is actually in a movie that barely anybody knows these days. But it was in the 1986 movie, The Mosquito Coast. I've heard of it. I've seen some clips from it. Never saw it all the way It's through. really good. Same director as The Truman Show, Dead Poet Society, oh. Witness, Master and Commander. Oh, that I would absolutely Year love of it. Living Dangerously, Gallipoli. Yeah, that I would absolutely love that. That'd be yeah. tremendous. The, um, I saw The Truman Show once. It was... Eh. It's I, great. It's, eh. it's great. It's a, you should watch it now. The, no, uh, I, I, it was like five years ago. Watch it now. The, uh, you're, you're a much different person yeah, now than you were five years ago. That is Actually, it might have been longer than five years ago. The, you're a much, much different, different person, person now than you were more than five years ago. You I don't would, know that. I yes, do know I that. Do. I really do. I really know that. The um, uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah, that's those are definitely my picks though for the Harrison Ford movies. The, right. um, uh, the of course, love um, his famous point. I do want to briefly touch on that horror play. But before we do that, is there anything left over from Chance and Hell that you haven't had a chance to talk about that you want to bring up? Um, the, the only thing I would say is is that it was the first opportunity for me to to realize that oh wait a minute there's like there's a whole other thing going on you can have a bigger production with you know with them you can have people there that are of talent um, and you know and I think a lot of people just want to be involved with film like they just love it um and it doesn't have to necessarily be a lot of money and you know involved and there certainly was a lot of money with tony's production you know more than i had ever seen but it still at the very end was a a lower end indie film but there's a lot of passion with it and you can handle a big production you can do something that looks professional that's where i came up with that quote you know you know how much money do you think you know that cost us like that's that that's tony's quote the um uh, he that's how he had always measured. He's like he's like how much money do you think I spent on that? And a lot of people who guess you know uh, chance to help people say a million dollars. He's like no hundred grand. The uh, and then they go oh shit, uh, and and that it's always a good trick to you know with with film you can say you know uh, you, you say well imagine imagine what I could do with a million dollars. You know yeah. if I can do this with a hundred grand, imagine what I could do with the money that you think it cost me to do that. And that's exactly. that whole imagination thing. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot, of, not only about acting and that, and, and that, you know, it wasn't, it was a fun exercise in culture and a, and a fun exercise in acting. That was more of a, a great experience for just my position now as a producer and a co-owner and, um, or, or actually an executive producer in this case of most of our projects at Midwest Horror Network. It was a good education there and a good, fantastic exercise in acting to keep me sharp. So um, it was a great experience. I couldn't, I, and it was a, at a good time. I was like, I was 20, or I was, I'm sorry, I was like 19, 18. So it was a perfect time for me to, for, for me to get that lesson. All right. So this horror play you were in, um, <laughs> this ought to be interesting. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. It sounds like you really just have one real story it, from it's it. it's it's not you know the, the funny thing is that um so so i'll give you the general just you know what the funny thing is i'm not even doing this i'm, I'm not omitting the title on purpose i actually just don't remember the title of the play i've I, i've you know it was such a a very short-lived like it was literally a three weeks like it was a three-week thing that and it was only like twice a week for three weeks so so a total of six separate rehearsals that actually happened with this play um, it was in Elgin. I had auditioned for it, um, 
and the audition went okay, um, if I remember correctly, and these are things that I, I kind of vaguely remember, and and I was like, oh, that was okay, and I, I actually did not think that I was going to get it, mm-hmm. um, uh, I really, and, and, and I guess part of me didn't want it, um, there was some personal stuff with that, uh, reasons why that, they had some prior commitments, um, actually, I was just tell you, I was leaving for vacation um, when the play was being premiered. Um, and my family was leaving, and I actually bought a separate plane ticket um, because in anticipation to be in town for that play. It was interesting to try to transfer miles after that. Oh, um, I bet. But when we got into the rehearsal process, we um, so uh, the general gist of this the, uh, the the play first is that it's a it's a kind of a noises off type of play. I don't I don't know if you guys are familiar with what noises off is. No. It's about um, it's literally a play about the backstage during a play. The um so it's like it's kind of like that Final Girls except it's the reverse. So, you know how you when you go to see a play, there's a play going on on stage. Yeah. But there's people going there's people doing shit in the backstage. It's literally the story about the people doing the shit in the backstage. Okay. So, and then they literally, like, at the beginning of the play, they, like, because in Noises Off, and actually they occasionally switch, so the, so the, the stage actually shifts. So you can actually see the play in the front, and then it shifts to the back. It's actually very, very, very cool how they do it. Um, it's a musical, but it's about a, um, a, a play being rehearsed, and basically the end of the world happens, and then a zombie apocalypse happens um, in the midst of the play. And then slowly cast members get infected and, you know, eventually it ends up with just being the director um, who was French in the play and French in real life. Um, uh, and, and then one other girl. And they literally, like, they bunk, bunker together and then it, it's the end. And the play was supposed to have um, not as dramatic of effects as, uh, as like, uh, uh, Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. Yeah, Evil like Dead they weren't going to have a splatter zone or anything. Like they that. weren't going to have that, but they were going to have legitimate effects on there. And actually, okay. the funny thing is they were going to add even more effects. And the um, and then we went to the first rehearsal, and um, for some reason, a lot you know, I guess a lot of these people were off book already, which was very odd. Off uh, book. When you no longer have your script in your hand, that's what oh, off okay. book means. When you're in theater, sorry, I'm throwing some terms around that are theater oriented, but off book meaning you you no longer have your book in your hand because when you're going through the rehearsal process, you have your lines right there, and you're just kind of like. You're blocking it out. You're working it out. Um, and, and then it got a little bit closer. And then people were going a little bit faster than I was. Um, and the director wasn't offering a lot of direction. Um, you know, I didn't ask him, hey, you know, because he also wrote the play. Like, hey, you know, who is this guy? You know, tell me a little bit about him and, you know, what, what you kind of going. And, and his answer was always, well, he's just a guy. You know, he's just a guy. He's the, just that one dude over there. Cool. Yeah. And then also, too, you know, and... There was that, but there was also me as well because I was coming off of, I think it was coming off of doing a film, it was a comedy film, and the and the problem was that I was, I was used to experimenting and 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 ad libbing and like the text, the the lines to me were just kind of like a guideline, like you know, like you know, hey, you make sure you you get the cues right, but. Like let's play, let's let's play, let's experiment because it's a rehearsal process. The other people that wasn't their style. They wanted to stick to the text, and then that was it, and then that was that. 
Um, and that's and that's a perfectly valid way of handling your business. Like you can do what you want to do, but it was just a difference of style. And also the girl that I was supposed to be in a relationship with, I guess she was my ex girlfriend, and then you know like we're rekindling, and there's a whole thing with that. There's zero chemistry, like zero chemistry. And that was a poor choice on the director's part of not having us do a chemistry read before. And I don't know if he's out of time. I, you know, like you know, like we do with our process, we want to make sure that those people are going to work well together. And and that was never that never happened. So and I was also feeling like the odd man out. Um, uh, you know, it, all the rest of the cast was clicking together, but it, I wasn't clicking with them. And I also didn't want to be the bad guy. Um, you know, I really wanted, I was thinking, I was like, you know what, this is just not right. I think, and I think I was about like a, a rehearsal and a half to, to approaching the director and saying, Hey, you know, what, man, this isn't working. The, um, cause I could feel it. I could feel it in the air. Um, but, uh, the director obliged to, um, to just go ahead and, and say, Hey, you know, Mark, we're going to go a different direction. Um, you know, and he offered, he said some other stuff that has nothing to do with what what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, we're going to get a little bit more effects oriented, and you know, and I was like, I don't know, have any idea what the hell that means. I think you're just trying to make me feel better. Um, in retrospect, I think if it happened to me today, I would have quit the second rehearsal. But I didn't have the maturity enough to, you know, or the confidence enough. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't act on it. And that was one of those life lessons of, of, of hang, you know, you know, sometimes you got to take ownership of a situation before somebody else takes ownership of a situation because you can at least do it on your own terms. And, you know, and also, too, with theater, it's harder, man, because, you know, it's such a acting, you know, in theater, it's an actor's medium. So you like you're a unit in a family. And like if one person bails, it kind of fucks everybody up. So I don't want to be that guy. That's a that's a cultural thing. But um, but yeah, it was supposed to be a very effects driven um, play. You know, like it's supposed to be a lot of a lot of blood, a lot of guts. I mean, obviously it's a zombie oriented thing. But yeah, it just didn't work out. Um, uh, you know, and and I got um, I got a letter um, and a um, and uh, you know half of the pay that I was supposed to get. Oh wow, this was paid. Um, this was paid. Um, it was a, um, it was stipend. Um, you know, it was like a one, you know, one check for the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. I forgot what the hell it was. Um, and I got a letter. Um, my dad said you should frame that letter. Um, uh, keep it around to give you motivation. Uh, uh, excuse me. I think I threw it away, which, which actually kind of sucks because I really would have loved to have kept it. Um, and I would have loved to have framed it uh, and just keep it around for you know, like, hey, I remember that. The uh, but yeah, it was just one of those things. It was. Um, it was just one of those things, just different styles, different ways, immaturity on my part to not understand the situation and how to properly handle that. But again, had it happened today, it would have been a different story. I would have, you know, I would have read the script. I would have known. I would have felt the chemistry and have been like, Hey, listen, man, this isn't, this isn't right. Like nothing, nobody's, everyone over here is vibing and they're doing very well together. And I'm the odd man out. Like that can't happen. Not not to this degree. Like you could have like a person you know in a in theater that, that you know that just doesn't socially get along with the people, you know, and then that happens all the time. People break off in cliques. It's a lot of not as accepting as the horror community, but um, you can have that. I've had that before. But when you don't have any chemistry on stage, it's gonna it's gonna suffer. The and then it suffer. turns into a shit show. Exactly. Um, and that was one of those times that I should have not only I shouldn't have been fired. 
I, I should have been fired for sure. It was the right thing to do, but I should have never been cast. I should have never been cast in that. It should have been gone to somebody else. Yeah. Um, uh, so and yeah, I don't ever, I never, I never knew what the fate of that play was. Um, I think the director was on my Facebook for a long time, and um, and then I think eventually, um, I think he probably deleted me. You know, because I'm just I, not not for malicious reasons, just for you know, hey man. Talk to you in forever, you know. People clean house, yeah, with that. But yeah, it was just one of those experiences that um, uh, that you learn from. And um, I didn't do a whole lot of acting. Um, it wasn't really, you know, there wasn't a lot of, of acting for me to do because um, uh, there wasn't much of much work to be done. All right. Um, so the next horror project you were in was a was the feature. Uh, it. Mm, yes, or it was. was. Or was it the first half of Zach's show? No, it was the feature no. first. Okay. So I remember was... me and him did a little bit of talking about his feature at the time. He showed me like a trailer mm-hmm. at the very... Because they had already had a trailer out by that point. I don't think it was fully finished, but they at least had a trailer. I think they had a few like... Um, they had something. Cause few, they did show me pick, some footage. They had a few pickups um, to handle in between there. It was mm-hmm. kind of a, of a blur. Because I know that you... I think they had filmed in the summer... I had filmed with you in the the winter. Janu- yeah, I believe January. it was January. And then that following summer, we did the part two yeah. of it. Funny, funny story. The main reason I remember it, it was we filmed it in January because there was this one shot in my film where we were shooting in my bathroom and David really wanted to set up a light outside the bathroom, which means somebody had to go outside, put, I think it was the 3K or 6K, whatever the hell the big one we had. Like the big, big one? Not the biggest one, but the one, the big one that came in the kits. The 650? Six, no, no. Was it 650? Like, compare, is it comparable to the The one The biggest one in the light kit. Your light kit. Yeah, that's 650. Yeah. Okay, so somebody had to go hold a 650 out there and point it into my bathroom. And it was zero degrees outside. I couldn't do it because I needed to direct. David couldn't do it because, you know, he needed to DP and, you know, be in there with me. So Marcus got stuck out there in zero degree weather for a half hour holding that light. Fun. Oh, thank you, Marcus. Fun, fun. Shout out to Marcus. Um, uh, but, but back to this but, film. We'll but, go back to but, the other one. But later. technically, uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of want quite a bit. I talked a lot more about that play than I thought I would. Yeah. Maybe okay. I still said some underlining uh, feelings about it. <laughs> still a little upset some about it. Some impressed emotions, just like fuck you. Still a little bitter. Um, uh, All right, so we have a feature. Uh, it was called "Beware of, of the, the Clowns. Clowns," and you were one of the leads for this. I one. was, I was the 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 leader of the cult of clowns. Yes. Um, uh, um, King Clown, as I'm. As I'm set yeah, on. so you are the lead villain. So is this like your first lead role on the screen? On or? the screen, no, no, no. no. Okay. I had I had played you know a lead supporting character in several other or featured lead supporting. It was a supporting character. I you know I don't know like I guess I'm still technically the supporting supporting character in that. Yeah, um, in it, it, the it's, I'm it's the one of the, like I've seen it and it's one of those stories where it's like. The, the protagonist and the antagonist are kind of co-leads. Yeah. Kind of like how DiCaprio and Damon are in The Departed. I, like, neither of, the, like the, of those two, neither of them is really the lead more than the other. I, You know, yeah, that I've never heard anybody say it quite like that. But yeah, that's I would agree with that. Um, I had done supporting stuff. I had done a lead in a play. I had done supporting stuff in a feature, in a feature film. 
the um, but yeah, this is the first time I've ever done, I and mean, this is the first time I ever played a villain um, in on screen. It was the first mm -hmm. time I ever did that. Um, the yeah, it was it was a it was a crazy, it was an interesting experience. Yep. It was a very interesting experience. So let's start with what was the movie about. And how did you become involved with it? So Beware of the Clowns is the story of a small town in middle America that uh, 20 years ago was plagued by a killer who was a clown. The, um, the sheriff finally uh, of the time, or the deputy, um, he's a deputy at that time, finally discovers who, the, who that killer is, tracks him down to his home, and instead of arresting him, he murders him. Uh, and then after murdering him, he realizes, oh, shit, that kid, uh, um, that guy has a kid. Um, and instead of explaining to the kid, you know, hey, this is why I killed your dad because he was a monster um, or doing anything, um, he just, you know, told the kid to get lost and, you know, and, and run away and, uh, and then never told anybody about it. Um, I am assuming for plot, you know, plot reasons that, you know, because he was upset about all the murders that had happened. Uh, is a John Wayne, uh, Gain, uh, John Wayne Gacy type of guy. So um, twenty years plus later, the sheriff is—I'm uh, sorry—the sheriff is now the sheriff, and uh, the uh, um, there is now a cult of clowns that is running amok throughout this little town. And on top of it, um, uh, there is a clown law because of that serial killer um, clown that no one could literally no one could be a clown in that town. Um, so it's like footloose, but with clowns in a way. Pretty much, um, uh, which is super, Ooh. which is super fucking ironic because of what was going on in the country at the time. Um, uh, you know, if if you don't believe me, there were there were actually legitimate clown sightings of clowns coming out of the woods, roaming neighborhoods and streets, and then there were actually a lot of you know PSAs about sheriffs saying, "Hey, don't come out in clown makeup, otherwise we'll arrest you." So it was kind of loosely based on what was going on um, at the time, and uh, and yeah, there's a, and there's a thing with the sheriff's daughter, um, uh, you know, whose uh, sheriff's daughters um, were twins, um, and uh, <laughs> the um, uh, and the um, the one twin's boyfriend, his dad's a clown, so there's a little you know an actual career clown, not a serial killer clown, so there's a little bit of conflict there. And, uh, and then obviously, um, me being the antagonist, I start going out and, uh, murdering people that aren't clowns because I'm essentially a cult leader or a racist leader that's racist against everybody that is not a clown. The original title of this movie was Ku Klux Clowns. The, um, it was, <laughs> I wonder why that didn't get approved. Um, for obvious reasons that was not approved. Um, but because, um, people that, uh, people that were trying to promote it, couldn't even say it, let alone post it to their Facebooks. Yo guys, check out this. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, so the, the, the title was quickly changed to beware of the clowns, but that was the original title because it was designed as a mockery of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and they were literally saying that they were clowns, um, and this was the horror version of that. Hmm. So, um, and then what was the second question? How did you become involved with it? Uh, <laughs> I was uh, dating a girl at, at the time uh, who was, uh, uh, funny enough, before I met you, I was involved in another crew of filmmakers uh, that went to Tribeca. So including um, this girl who I was dating who was a film editor, 
who I got one of the best uh, editing lessons, actor to editor lessons. We'll <laughs> talk about that a little bit later. Um, uh, and uh, she was actually very close friends with the director of, of Where Are the Clowns. And uh, one day we were on a Skype call. Um, you know, and for some reason, I think we were just uh, bored and we we're all Skyping together for fun. Uh, that was when Skype was actually fun, you know, and not used for business purposes. Uh, it, um, we were all talking. And Tim kept trying to get off the call and saying, like, you see this, you know, see this stack of note cards? Like, these are all kills in the movie. I have to go and write this into a script right now. I have to get off this fucking call. And um, and I remember that. And then the next day, he came back on a Skype call. He says, yeah, we're, I got a few sides done, a few pages done. And he was like, yeah, I got to figure out how to cast this. And, and she actually said, well, Mark's an actor. Why don't you have him uh, uh, give it a shot? Um, he's like, yeah, let me email you, a, uh, like email you or Facebook you a couple sides. So he emailed, uh, emailed me and then I basically did a pseudo audition right there on the Skype call. And then I started fucking around with, with voices and then I got to some, the hatred of the Westboro Baptist church was very big at that point too <laughs> in our culture. So, um, so I, I combined it a little bit of that to, to get a nice Southern accent like this. The, uh, hi, I'm. I'm the leader of the cult of the clowns. Uh, it's very great. Jesus uh, Christ. You know, man, that, was the, that was the voice that I used. Um, uh, you know, and, and I made it a little more higher pitched when you know, I needed to. And, you know, and you know, what's wrong, Sheriff? The, uh, you know, you're afraid of the monster that you've created? Shit like that. Um, uh, the, um, I don't, and I'm pretty sure that's close to what I did. Um, uh, you know, pretty but similar. I, I imagine so. But... Um, but yeah, I did the audition right there, and 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 I did the voice, um, and it was a slight different variation of that. But Tim, you know, looked at me, and he's like, he's like, he kind of tilted his head, and he was like, "Hey, do that again." The um, uh, which is always a great thing that you love to hear from directors is you know is like, "Hey, do that, do that voice again, do that thing again, one more time." Um, uh, just to see if you can do it one more time, and uh, and I did it again, and then I actually added a little bit more onto it, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I think that works, like, and then I think over the next couple of days, you know, uh, we talked about it a little bit more. I think he reached out to me separately, and he's like, hey, Mark, you know, do you have any ideas, and you know, what do you want to bring to the character? It was more of a, you know, a very, you know, how Hollywood movie, you know actors talk with other directors you know they don't really audition they get kind of picked and it's more of a conversation and that was kind of a you know the start of that conversation and I was doing some research and everything else like the um in the film it's not it's in like the b-roll and like photos of the back but I actually wrote commandments for the clowns like I actually wrote that and I had the set designer actually write all 15 of the rules on the back of the door um, in there. And you'd have to dig through, like, the photos. But, like, I, I wrote that. So in. you had 15 commandments for the clowns. I, I Jesus did. Jesus Christ. I did. I had 15. So uh, Clown Moses did not drop the third tablet. No, it, <laughs> no he did not. The, um, uh, no, he ended up uh, keeping that one. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, 15, either 15 or 13. I can't remember which one it was. It was, I knew it was more than 10 though. I think I did that on purpose. Uh, but uh, I ended up writing it. I, I never made it into the final cut, but it is in like, like somewhere in like a deleted scene or something like, and I think if you look in like the background of like the sheriff and ours fight, you could probably see the, uh, see it. I had the set designer actually write them on the back of the door, um, which was pretty cool. So it was fun to see that. 
Um, I would have to like really dig in the Facebook to see if I can find because I took a picture of it back then. But um, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research. I um, I watched. Um, uh, I did a lot of research, and now that I'm thinking about it, I did a lot of work on that on that film. Like I um, I researched like a bunch of cults. Um, I read a, a book uh, uh, by Chuck Lorre, um, uh, or Chuck, I think it's Chuck Lorre, the guy who wrote Fight Club. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Chuck, Chuck Lorre. Is the one who, I always fucking, I, always, I don't know why I always switch them in my head. They're completely different people. Um, uh, the, um, uh, but I, I read a book by him, uh, by Chuck, called Survivor, uh, which is actually a great book. I really recommend it to anybody. And um, it was all about um, a remaining survivor of a suicide cult um uh, he was the last he, like he's the one person who didn't drink the kool-aid um and i know that sounds kind of humorous and, and ridiculous but it's the truth and it's a whole he basically uh he hijacks a plane with the intention of killing himself and everyone else on the plane and it's literally him recounting the story of his life to the air traffic controller and that's with the whole book, and it's great. It's a great fucking book. I, I I recommend it to everybody. But I did that. I researched the Westboro Baptist Church. I re- researched the Ku Klux Klan. I researched a bunch of different cults. Um, I really got into the. I love research. I'm a I'm a like. Um, there's a um, there's a book. I'm, I'm getting the philosophy right now. There's a book um, uh, called The Respect for Acting by um, by. Um, uh, wow, I had her name in my in my head in a second. Hey, there a second. Brandon's gonna look it up. Um, yeah, um, anyway, um, in in the book, um, uh, she actually breaks down these. Is it Uta Hagen? Uh, Uta Hagen. Um, that's how you pronounce it. Uta Hagen. Um, she breaks down these uh, like list of seven questions every actor should ask themselves when they're doing a play. And I remember I had to do an assignment in college where I had to do all of uh, all of seven of her questions. And I finally said, I don't fuck her questions. I don't want to ask her questions. I want to ask my questions. I want to ask what you know what my you know definition is. And the funny thing is, the more I did that, the more I realized, like, oh shit, questions equal to other questions. So if I ask this question, twenty more questions are going to come up. And and I've done it for every role. And, and and you know, and what else is going on? Why is this person this way? Well, what happens if this had happened, you know, you ask a shit ton of fucking questions. The, um, uh, the, the big gist of that is you say fuck her question, you know, her questions, you ask your own questions and you discover all kinds of shit. So yeah, I did a lot of work on that. Um, I did a lot of work building that character. The, um, uh, you know, it, it's, um, everybody, you know, they'll have, everybody has an opinion about it. Um, uh, you know, uh, good, bad, indifferent. Um, but, uh, you know, even the funny thing is I'm not, a, a, you know, as an actor, as a producer, I'm, I'm of course very fucking interested in how well the movie is perceived, and you know, and is it gonna, you know, put somebody somewhere. But as an actor, like I'm way more interested in the process. Like you know, the process is fun for me. Like I want to, I, I would like to do the research. I like to find out more about the character, and I want to find out more about what they're all about. And you know, and, and the the actual process of acting is, is, is fun for me it's enjoyable for me if it turns out that the film is great fucking awesome that's great and like if it all works out that that's fantastic so but, all the research you did i assume that was prep work before filming began yes. how do you feel all that research affected your performance on set 
And how is your chemistry with your co-stars? Uh, on set, it, it, it actually helped me out a lot. It was really easy to slip in and out um, of the character. I knew I could feel the work that I had done. The, um, I, like I knew, um, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I knew how I wanted to walk and move. You know, obviously we talked about movement a little bit. I knew, um, you know, I, I knew that this guy should be like he's walking on air because he's a god. The um, he's a god among that group, and he feels he's a god among you know everywhere else. He's just ascending to his rightful place. You know, I'm gonna make everyone a clown in the world. The um, he's nuts. Like you know, it's kind of like the helter skelter shit of Marilyn Manson. Like you know, um, or, um, you know he or Charles Manson, not Marilyn Manson. Um, uh, Charles Manson. Like he wanted to rule over the post-apocalyptic world um, after the the race war went and went into effect, and he would rule the world. And that's how this guy thinks. So yeah, it helped out a lot. I knew exactly how he moved. I knew exactly how he talked. I knew exactly how he thought, and 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 things became a lot easier. Um, when you've done the work, it, it's fun because you can play. You know, because you can fuck around with things on set. The um, you can find things that are different that you didn't think that will happen, but you got to be prepared and do the work. You know, I related a lot to. Um, uh, um, I remember they did an interview with Robbie Gold, who's a goalie of the Hawks. And this is real quick, um, uh, and they ask him, "How do you make these amazing catches?" He's like, "I I don't think about it. I just do it, because I've I've practiced it a thousand times of catching it. And that's exactly how acting should be." You should have enough of the prep work so it becomes just second nature to you. And then you just fall into it. And then when you fall into it, then you can have fun. You know, once you, you know, you're kind of free to operate from behind and you can, you know, you can try things, you know, like what happens if I do this? You know, what happens if I, you know, if, you know, if in that torture scene, what happens if I, if I fuck with the, you know, the girl a little bit, a little bit longer or, you know, I, 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 I pretend to walk away or pretend to change emotions, you know, what happens if I, if, if I try this? Then you can see how far you can take it, and then it's the director's job to to cultivate and to try things. Zach knows this, you know, and and we'll get into one I worked with Zach, um, you know, who I trust implicitly as a director. You know, you can you, you can try shit, and then direct. It's up to the director to say, all right, yeah, that was hey, that was awesome, and then or or no, let's, bring it back. We're we're not gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna we're not we're gonna cut that. That would be a no. That would be no. That'd be a big no. Um, but yeah, it helped out a lot. It helped out to, ha- uh, to have that research, and I was able to, you know, to work with the other actors, and um, especially the last scene, the sheriff and I actually refined the script uh, with that the final confrontation scene between them, and we worked we worked out the blocking, and we worked out the 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 beats and the, and the script. We changed a lot of that script at the last scene because. I, I, for multiple different reasons. I don't think we were satisfied. I think we, we, we thought that it wasn't fitting, you know, the people that were cast at that point. But we, you know, we felt enough chemistry and enough comfortability in our own characters to know, hey, this is not how we would do this. And then we kind of worked it out. Um, I think our exact words were, how are we going to fix this scene? <laughs> the, um, uh, and, uh, and we ended up, uh, you know, rewriting a, a little bit. And obviously, um, to uh, Tim's dismay, um, uh, you know, because he also was the writer, um, which this goes back to that argument of should writers also direct? Because there is some of that 
you know, is some of that, that type of conflict going back and forth. Again, it depends. Can you separate yourself from the peace? A lot of people can't. A lot of people can't. And, and I think they, that's that's the ultimate question. Can they? If they can separate themselves, then then, yeah. no, then no worries. But if they can't, then that's when it becomes a problem. Because if you're so... But then sometimes separating yourself can be a, an issue, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, if Paul Thomas Anderson, he writes his own scripts. Mm. And I think... He, he was being interviewed by John Stewart on the Daily Show when The Master was coming out. Mm, okay. And he was talking about, yeah, I write the script, but once I'm on set, I really don't care about the script. I'm not married to it. Okay. Um, but then you have like David O. Russell, who also writes most of, if not all of his stuff. Um, Excuse me. Because I, like, I know he wrote... The screenplay for Silver Linings Playbook. I'm not remembering off the top of my head if he wrote the screenplay for The Fighter. But both of those movies are really good. Um, but then you get to American Hustle. And he let the actors just improvise whatever. And there was even one point where Christian... I think it was Christian... It was either, either Christian Bale or Jeremy Renner. I think it was Bale. Who told him on set, you know, if I'm improvised like this, you're going to have to change the story. And he's just like, I don't care about the story. I care about the characters. And personally, I feel American Hustle just went off the rails past a certain point and never found its grounding again. It, it, so, was, it was Swiss cheese. Yeah, so sometimes not being married to the script, you got to find that happy medium sometimes, we, I feel. We, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where, again, there's a balance to everything, you know. Don't just disregard everybody's yeah. opinion, but also stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Uh, and everybody has their own line, and they can change their line whenever they want but i feel i tend to gravitate towards i have the script this is what we're going to do but if something better comes along i am going to go with the better thing um, i'm not just going to toss anything out really really nilly for whatever reason it's uh, we're going to do this but if somebody has a better idea there's that of course, there are limitations, too. Like, with our own living nightmares, we do have the limitation of we are staying as true to the story as we can. Now, if somebody has an idea for something that isn't mentioned in the story, if there's nothing in the story that conflicts with it, we'll kind of make a decision. Do we feel this is going too far? So there are those little decisions. There yeah. are those holes that will always have to be filled in oh, because course. we weren't there in the stories. But that is a limitation we still have to work with and there have been times where we had ideas for endings for stories we we're just like this is really cool but we can't do it because it goes so against what actually happened in the truth it'd be story. fucking awesome but yeah. you know we're breaking our biggest freaking rules so that'll be a no it'd be a big, uh, you know big no and yeah. i think too from an acting perspective like um the the script should always be your anchor and it should always be something that you come back to the um because if you go too far off the reservation you know it's just, the the story's going to become swiss cheese yeah like it's going to become you know uh, this you know a bunch of nonsense like you know but but also too, you can't be so confined to it that if you know you also if you're too confined and you're too chained to it you'll lose the character work that you've done you know i've always said you know and this is true uh First and foremost, I'm in the service of the character, not of the script. The um, but I will always come back to the script for for guidance. 
You know, it's not it's not what fucking uh, Jeffrey Rush said in Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, you know, they're not rules; they're more like guidelines. <laughs> the um, uh, and I think that's probably how you should treat a script. But it, it should be serious guidelines, not you know, not them. They shouldn't be you know. This isn't the rule of law, you know, etched in stone tablets. But it shouldn't be you know thrown in you know, thrown in the fire like eh, I don't need that. You know, it, again, happy medium is always good. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, when we first met on Zach's short film, which we'll be covering shortly. And then you disappeared on a boat for two years, you bastard. It was a year and a half. The, we missed you. <laughs> it, it felt like three years, but it was a year and a half. Um, it wasn't all bad. Long, was, long years at sea. There was some good Sailing stuff, across though. the Pacific and I think the Atlantic at one point. I don't remember. Probably. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when we met on that set, I did ask you a question i can't remember why i came up with this question actually i do okay i just remembered why i asked this i'm curious because i don't remember because i went through a thing where um i shot video for an ad and i was also asked to edit it and so i edited it and i was actually really proud of the edit and the people who hired me also really liked it and then I guess something happened with their client where a re-edit was requested and I eventually saw the re-edit and it was just like, what happened? <laughs> like, it was just like hard cuts would be happening within dissolves. Yeah, like it was just like, was this edited by a professional? No, it wasn't. It was probably thrown together by their team who had no idea what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, like I, I'm... You don't do a hard edit in the middle of a dissolve. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what it might have been too? Like, it, um, like it, it looked like they might have tried to dissolve it, but there wasn't enough of the first Did shot. you add dissolves in your edit? Because no. actually, now that I'm thinking about it, what they may have tried to do is take your edit... Mm-hmm. And just shorten it however they could. And maybe that required them to do hard cuts. Like I did not use dissolves. Okay. Um, except for, um, I think I might have done a dissolve to like an ending graphic at the end. But not during the actual shot portion of it. That's interesting. Like yeah. it's hard to do a, like a hard edit in the middle of a dissolve. Because usually most programs that I use it's like. If you cut yeah, where a like, dissolve is happening, it'll just remove the dissolve. Yeah, and like where, like I, the only time I've ever seen that happen is if like I have a clip that already has a dissolve in it. No, like there, there's a clip. Oh yeah, there's that. But there's also if you have a clip that has like a hard cut to black attached to the end of it, and that hard cut to black happens during the dissolve. Okay, yeah, there's yeah, that Yeah, because, like, okay, for Screaming Room, you have that, like, two seconds of black at the end. Um, so in order to not get that hard cut to black at the end, I have to dissolve at a certain point. Yeah. But if I let that dissolve go past a certain point, you will see a quick one-frame cut to black before the dissolve finishes. Um, so that's why I always double-check my dissolve from that graphic. Um but yeah, it was like there were we like it was just like I don't know who edited this. I don't know why they made the decisions they made. Um, I thought I did a good job. Apparently not. 
but also I, I don't pride myself on my editing either. I'm a, even though I was not a DP at the time, we all know what I was destined to become. Um, but yeah, so after that long-winded story. Uh, so yeah, I had just gone through seeing a mangled piece of mine that just did not... I didn't feel it did my video, my shooting justice. And so I asked you, as an actor, have you ever had a performance that you felt wasn't represented the way that you performed it because of the edit? And... I think you either thought about it for a second or you didn't have an answer at first, but then you realized, yeah, you do have an answer. And so do you want to go through what that answer is? Well, well, the answer was was beware of the clowns. Um, And obviously a lot of this is subjective. You know, I I can think that my performance was fantastic, but, you know, other people may disagree with that. Um, uh, You know, I had put in a lot of work. Um, It felt good. Um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I learned a lot, you know, about performance, about acting. Um, I think this comes down to a, a, a fundamental difference. And, um, you know, and yes, there were some issues with editing and, and there were some issues with, um, with how the, the performance was cut together. There was, um, you know, a suggestion made by me with a certain scene that it should have been reshot uh, to show the other actor's performance. Um, I think, and I'm talking more specifically about the last scene, which was, you know, which I think was the best scene acting-wise, but I don't think it was properly represented um, on screen. You know, obviously, Statue of Limitations, I think, has run out on this one. But I, I think it really comes down to, to something that I've said in passing to other people, but I haven't really talked about it in a formal sense like this, is is that I think Tim, the director and also the writer, and everyone else, or at least almost everybody else, wanted to make two different movies. And what I mean by that is that Tim, and this is something that he said publicly, I've heard it from him, I've heard it from his family members that have been talking about him, is that Tim loves the uh, B-movies. B and C movies loves you know uh, you know loves um, um, what's the one where the uh, where the, uh, the the horrible the dude with the glasses you know says you know they're, they're oh my god troll two, troll two. that was troll two loves troll two um, uh, you know killer clowns from outer space you know loves that and he was trying to make that he was trying to make. Um, that B movie that's 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 cheesy that has you know horrible acting and overacting and he wanted to make that and that's actually funny enough he does he did a concept short um, before this uh, that is more closer to what he wanted to do. There's actually another thing. It was a short a shorter thing that the team ex girlfriend that was the editor was actually in. And it was perfect for what he wanted to do. He had hired non-actors to play acting roles um, to do this. It was it was a you know there was some effects, but they weren't they were bad effects. It was closer to what he wanted to do. But I think you kind of had this interesting thing going on where you had hired a lot of really actually very talented people. Um, uh, you know, for the most part, and um, with the exception of like. One other person who I won't get into detail about, <laughs> I, I, I won't get into detail about, 
that had you know several issues um, with that person on the set. But everybody else, if you watch the movie, it's not hard to figure out who this person is. You know, those statutes of limitations haven't quite run out yet. Um, but but everybody else is tremendously talented, and you know, and the 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 the, um, the twins' boyfriend, you know, the one twins' boyfriend is is great. The guy who plays. The deputy, they're actually brothers in real life. Oh, really? Um, and they're both incredibly talented guys. Funny as hell. Um, but they, they've they done a lot of great stuff, you know, outside of that. Um, and, and actually more on their own. They've done, the, when they're doing their own thing, it's much better than, than what them plugging into other people's things. The guy who played the sheriff is unbelievably talented. Um, and and far better looking than me, and more muscular, which you know that's that sucks. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, and and you, and you also had um, you had me, uh, and you had a couple other like people. You had Vinny, you know, in the fold as well. Um, but you did have a lot of the other, um, uh, you know, the other clowns that were not necessarily they weren't really actors. Like you know, they were just you know people who really wanted to be in a horror. They're fans. They're fans of a horror movie, and I think that Tim should have just hired, if you wanted that, he should have just hired everybody that were just fans of, of horror movies that wanted to be in a movie. Instead of actually performing auditions and getting real actors. And you kind of had this um, like bad cocktail of, of a pretty, pretty decently talented crew um, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously everybody that's conflicting opinions of taste and, and everything else. And you had a pretty, very talented cast for the most part. And, but you had a, a script and you had a concept and you had a vision that was designed for it to be a B schlock movie. Cause that's what you wanted. Like, you know, that's what you wanted. And you kind of got half and half, like you kind of got half of what you wanted because you know, you made the mistake of, of, of trying to involve real actors and real filmmakers to make something like that when, in fact, you didn't commit to one way or the other. And that's, I think, where the problems came into effect. And I probably did way more work than, than was probably necessary for, for this. But I did the work because I love the work. I love to do that shit. I love the, you know, I love the, the research part of it and everything else. I'm kind of a nerd like that. The um, but I think that yes, it was destroyed by editing, but and you know, and it probably didn't represent the work that I had put into it. But again, it was almost like half of his cast and crew were making one movie, and the other half, the other half were making another movie, and that's where you run into those problems. And that's and that's what I've said about clowns. It, you know, it, it never committed to one way or the other. It it, it only you know it, it should have. Should have committed to one way or the other, but it never did. And then that's kind of where you land with how the project is and how it stands today. Um, I'd be very interested to see, you know, I have some of the, um, I, you know, actually, Zach, you have some of the raw footage. Because um, I think he handed you some, uh, I got some of it for my acting reel. You gave me, I believe, just that very last scene with you, with your monologue, essentially. Yeah. Or your speech, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you gave me three variants of that. Um, and and I think that there, I think you found a better version, the um, than the one they actually used in the in the film. So it's in your reel. Um, it is in my reel. So um, I and I and Brandon, I think that's what happened. I, I I think that's and and again, that's just a a matter of not having all your ducks in a row, 
and that's an easy mistake to fall into. Um, uh, the yeah. again, I think, and I'll end it with this. I think half of his cast and crew wanted to make the best possible project they can make, and the other half wanted to wanted to purposely make a so bad it's good movie. Yeah, that's interesting because you did mention earlier that. Once the actor is done, the edit's not in their hands. Correct. Um, in fact, there are plenty of actors that have been edited completely out of movies. Like, yeah. Do you know the Joaquin Phoenix movie, Her? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, Chris Cooper was actually in that movie. Really? Yes, but all of his scenes were removed during post-production. Like, there was a whole subplot with him. Oh. Um, I feel like there is also another actor who was edited out of The Ring. Interesting, okay. I can't remember who, but I, I vaguely remember a story like that. Um, a whole bunch of actors were edited out of The Thin Red Line, the 1998 version. Okay. Um, and, of course, that was directed by Terrence Malick, who is infamous for re-editing roles in post-production. Um, there's actually an interview with Christopher Plummer about his experience on The New World that you can find on YouTube. Um but yeah, it, it's it's amazing how an actor's performance can change in editing, or be completely removed in editing, or like going back to Terrence Malick's *The Thin Red Line*. Adrian Brody was cast as the lead in that movie, okay. but he's barely in the final movie. Yeah, um, like in editing, he Malick decided, oh, I want this character to be the lead now make the movie dance um yeah. i mean and, and that's that old saying um and everything else you make a movie three times yep once when you write it once when you film it and once when you edit it oh yeah yeah i mean we we all know that from experience absolutely so um i i, I do not regret the filming experience of uh you know of that at all i mean it was a great experience um, it was hilarious um, having me and myself and Vinny walk into a Walgreens at two in the morning in the middle of Indiana with our clown makeup on <laughs> um, and getting some very interesting stares asking, excuse me, sir, where is the makeup remover? Um, uh, you know, it was um, I like that. Uh, excuse me. We need makeup remover. Yeah. Down aisle five. <laughs> the uh, creepy fucks. Um, uh, You're not going to kill us, are you? fuck would we do that and you know and, and also too there's um if you watch the dvd and you watch some of the outtakes like you can see that we're we're having a fucking ball filming it well i mean like, i would hope so the um uh you know um the uh yeah i did a lot of interesting stuff on that on that, on that movie the um uh yeah it was an interesting time i wouldn't but i wouldn't take it i wouldn't take it back for the world i really wouldn't like it's um i didn't have a bad experience on there you know I, I would have loved it if people saw more of the work that um that i put in but you know that wasn't up to me yeah you know i wasn't in charge of that so and that's that's how it ended up working the uh was my first sex scene though that was interesting do you want, to, you talk want to talk about, about that, that the, <laughs> the uh, were you guys just dancing around that? The, um, well, we weren't uh, sure like, if you wanted to go that far, but I mean... Because it, it, it does heavily involve another person who is not you, so the, um, I, I didn't know if you were comfortable going into that. I mean, we're not going to learn her side of the story, but we can at least learn yours. Um, and, and I really wish that there was, you know, uh, that there was another side to this, but it, it, was, it was completely professional. The, uh, um, it was, uh, no, it was, there was like, it was no story with that. It was perfectly professional. Um, uh, the, um, I, 
Ralph Fiennes was in, in an interview with uh, Inside the Actor Studio, and he uh, they, they asked him a question about you know sex scenes, and he he had, he had the best quote. Now probably I use it for the rest of my life, which is uh, um, uh, <laughs> which is if I get an erection, I apologize. If I don't get an erection, I apologize. That is the most genius quote for like actors and sex scenes I've ever heard in the, my life. Um, uh, and and it's it just it just breaks the ice completely. Um, uh, and uh, and she was very very nice. We we did what we had to do. Um, actually, funny enough, the the, the most uh, um, you know. And then Tim closed on the set. It was just. It was just sound, DP, him, so and So, was us. it an actual close set? It was, or was, an, it was a terra firma it wasn't close a, It wasn't the terra firma close We didn't have the deli guy there. <laughs> um, uh, Is that the deli guy? Okay, so the fire children. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. Anyways, um, if you don't get this, I get this fucking thing over with. I'm walking off this fucking set right now. <laughs> But, but yeah, yeah, um, if I remember correctly, it's not just—it's not a full sex scene though. Like there was no penetration. Well, it no. was just a hand job. No, right? it was his hand job, and I, you know, grabbed the boobs. Um, and I grabbed the boobs. <laughs> but that was it. Like, and, like and, and the funny thing is, you know, and, and the interesting thing is, in the original script, it's supposed to be two girls, but they—they they couldn't. Was there a cup involved? No. Oh um, no, it was, it was supposed to be two girls and me, um, but they could only get one. So, um, uh, so yeah, it was—it was very like. Get it done, get the job done, and then that was it. Like okay. it was very professional, and 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 you know, I recommend any actor use that line. It works. It, it works like a charm. It makes everybody laugh. It makes everybody relax. Um, uh, and um, you know, and everybody can get on with their work. Um, Some poor sap's gonna use that line, or they're gonna get the most serious person in the world. That's not funny. Oh God. The, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You just you just. You just have no sense of humor. You're just evil. The um, so there's that. Brandon can't find it in the. In, He's in, in looking the, for some quote in his terror from her book. Yeah. He wants to do something, but he can't find it because it's such a huge book of so much nonsense. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, it, it is actually a good book. Okay, I can't. Oh, I have no I, doubt it's a good book. I, can, I can't but, find it, but in all I need to learn, all I need to know about filmmaking, I learned from the Talks of Avenger by Lloyd Kaufman and James Gunn. Um, in an upcoming episode of The Screaming Room featuring ter- Terra Firmer, you, I talk a little bit more about this book. But there is a portion, there's a small portion in the book where Lloyd Kaufman talks about how he doesn't understand how actors, are, when actors talk about sex scenes, they're just like, oh yeah, we felt nothing, it was very professional when he's just like, but then they'll talk about some other scene where it's like, it was so emotional that I cried. And I looked at my co-star and they were crying too. And the crew was crying and everybody was crying. And he's just like, people are emotional. If you're in a sex scene, you're either going to feel something and that's either going to be attraction or you're both going to hate each other. I don't understand how human beings forced to do, forced to like kiss and rub up against each other feel nothing. <laughs> you, you, you know what's that? That, that know, is my paraphrasing, but I'm sure you can. I, I, all right. You know something? It's, it, it's, it's fucking hilarious because it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> And I don't know how, like, it's almost like this unwritten rule that, that you know, it, it's to avoid any awkward situations and yeah. not have any emotion in it. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I'll give you a perfect example. So when I was in a play in college and I was supposed to, my, the girl who was playing my fiance, like, I hated her. Like, and, and everyone in the crew, she was it, just a, a, a... Evil? No, not even evil. Just, it, just... Annoying? Bad. Annoying, yes, that... 
Um, uh, and then just overall a bad person. The um, uh, so evil. But the you know the funny thing is, and, and we would do in like an, a, a you know a lovey dovey scene and everything else. And then I remember one time we literally like kissed and we're supposed to walk off the same direction off stage. We're holding hands. And the second that we were out of out of the line, the the the, the view of the audience, let go of, let go of hands and, and walked completely the opposite direction <laughs> without saying a fucking word to each other, like and and, and like and I don't that, know why, but that just feels so normal to me. And I could see myself doing some dumb shit like that. It's just it, it, it's but you know what the, the funny thing is, it, it, it's it was there was no there was nothing like no malice, no anger, no nothing. It was just. Like literally, I went left. She went right. I went to go talk to the director, and she went on, went over to God knows where. She was always disappear. Like I never knew. She always showed up when she was supposed to for her cues. At the very least. At the very least, but like she was always a mystery about where she was. Like during that in between time, I, I never quite. It, it, that's beside the point. But but yeah, it was completely emotionless. Why that is? The only logical thing I can say is is, is so. Things don't get awkward. You keep it emotionless. But that's it. That's the only actual explanation I can get. Besides that, fuck if I know. I know. I feel like maybe you're just in the role. You're doing it. You want to be professional, and you know, bam. And then, and then you get it done. But yeah, no, that that, that shit in the book is hilarious because it's so fucking true. The um, uh, but yeah, that's um, uh, yeah. The Beware the Clowns though was it was fun. I learned a lot on it. Um, uh, we we laughed far more than we than we got in arguments or, or you know or had disagreements. Um, uh, you know we were like the two obviously the two, the guy who was playing the um, uh, the the boyfriend and the other guy who was playing the deputy were both comedians and I used to riff off of them um, and then we used to riff riff off each other. So there was a lot of you know a lot of great stuff and also the guy who played the other twins boyfriend um, uh, who's actually a very very talented hairstylist. Um, uh, now and um, and him and I used to just go back and forth and laugh all the time. We used to riff, um, and it was great. It was a great experience being on set. So, you know, all the problems that happened afterwards with my disagreement of how the movie was cut had you know didn't take away any of the experiences that I had when I was on set because it was fun. It was fun to walk through the the woods and in the camp and you know and do that you know. Do my thing that I have you know, talked about in many podcasts, you know, where I walk the set or I walk the stage. So it was fun. Nice. Yeah, it's great. So that was Beware of the Clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on to your last experience acting in a horror piece, is there anything else you want to touch on Beware of the Clowns that we did not cover in our questions? Um not particularly. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, uh, you know, we did a lot of a lot of good work on it. Um, it was um, it was fun because it was the first time I was um, I was kind of it, it was kind of fun because I was controlling a lot of the action that was going on. Like I, you know, it was because it was a more of a higher end part, and I wasn't really an extra in the back. Like we got a um, an, an, um, you know a little bit more. And actually, um, Tim let me direct. Uh, a second unit scene in that movie, which was kind of cool. It's um, uh, I wanted to add in a scene where he, uh, where the character, the count, the clown king, enters the camp for the first time, and he's greeting the clown members on the on the way. And I didn't, we didn't have any any of the proper lights. We just had that huge bonfire lighting. We didn't have any lights because the lights had already been put down. But I'm like, just for continuity and for like, you know, I think it would be a cool thing. You know, like, do you mind if I borrow the DP? 
um, and just and just do it. You know, it didn't require any sound or anything like that. I said, and they said, yeah. So Alex, the DP, and I just uh, went over there and we grabbed two or three of the clowns and myself, and, and I said, hey, this is kind of how I want to do it. Here's my mark. I'll, I'll start here. I'll end there, and then as I go through the crowd, I'll I'll greet people, and it was kind of a cool experience. It was the first time I was ever given a, a leadership role in that in that regard of of saying, yeah, you, it's your it's your little. 30 seconds of, of a shoot, you, you, you control the flow. And, you know, and it's kind of cool because Alex actually treated me like a director. He didn't treat me like some actor who was playing director for the second. He actually Good. listened to what I had to say, um, uh, you know, which was, which was very cool, especially for somebody who had, um, I had gotten, I directed something before then, but it was, it was nothing, you know, like this was an actual production. Um, uh, you know, quite like this. So it was kind of cool to, to get into that chair and and he showed the mutual respect, the same respect he showed to Tim, he showed to me, uh, which was really nice. Um, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, it was a, yeah, it was a great experience. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, the, Zach, did you have any 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 questions on, on that as well? No, I mean, I know everything there is to know already, so. Fair enough. I've, I've known you long enough, so. <laughs> the, um, uh, so yeah, that was that was my experience with Where Are the Clowns. Cool. So Zach, tell us about penchant. Uh. No, you son of a bitch. The, uh, I don't know. I was the one who had to talk about shit here. I thought that was his job tonight. Twist ending. It's now an interview with Zachary Smith. Oh, oh surprise, surprise. Not, not, not really, not really. Uh, <laughs> since it's your short, I figured I'd give you the opportunity to tell us what the short is about before we turn questions on to Mark. Okay, so my movie Penchant is essentially a story about, it's this girl, she has these evil fucking desires, like she was born with the desire to kill. From a young age, she's always wanted to do really disgusting, degrading shit, but you know, she was rehabilitated and stuff, and now she has this voice that's essentially pushing her to try to go back to her ways, but she's constantly resisting. You know, a character comes into her life and kind of, like, pushes her to go back to that way because it's, like... The way I came up with this story was there's that one shitty fucking show that has to do with, like, fairy tale land and, I don't know, like, Cinderella and Peter Pan. I forget what the fuck it was what, called. I don't know. a time. Yeah, that fucking show. There was this line I heard. It's like, evil's not born, it's made. I'm like, fuck you. I, I don't know why. It really pissed me off. So I just wanted to make my own movie where it's just like the complete opposite. No, evil can be born. It's true. It's out there. Some people are just born evil, and they are very terrible fucking people. So, yeah, that's essentially what my main character was. Mark is the boyfriend of this character. <laughs> and he eventually gets his heart ripped out. In a because she, he broke her heart. He couldn't handle the pressure. Um, but yeah, uh, that's essentially the general story, I guess. Yeah, squirrels. Cool. Um, how did you come in contact with Mark? So, um, this was, of course, my senior project for college, um, so I was going all out with it, you know, I'd gotten my crew together and everything, um, but I actually had to go hire real actors this time. I couldn't use my friends, I didn't know anybody who was, like, good for the role that I wanted from, like, Wes and stuff, or Marcus, like, all their actors and stuff that they'd use, I'm like, they're cool, but they're not what I'm looking for. So I went on backstage, and that's where I learned to love that website, because it's fucking amazing. And that's where I got... We've used it for all three Living Nightmares, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. But that's where I got Kalika, and that's where I met this son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, uh, it was actually, he was the second person to come in for the audition. So somebody was coming in, you know, to do the lead actress role. I was, like, doing their thing. And then he just kind of wandered in and while we're doing the audition. So I had him actually audition with her so I could see how they played off of each other. I didn't choose that actor. She was good, but she wasn't what I was looking for, of mm-hmm. course. But him, he fucking nailed it. Like, he, he was essentially everything I wanted in the character. Like, it, it was fucking perfect. I'm like... It, I essentially knew right there, but I was going to give the other dudes a chance and stuff anyways, just, you know, to be fair. But I'm like, I already knew for the most part, like, when Kaliki came in and did her audition, I knew she was going to be the one. When Mark did his audition, I knew he was going to be the one. Like, it was just, like, fucking that. Hmm. So, and, yeah, that's how I met Mark, essentially. So this is really, really good. So now let me get... Mark's point of view of I, what happened. What were you doing when I you hated, saw my ad? I hated I'm Zach curious. the moment I met him and I didn't like him. <laughs> I thought he was an evil son of a bitch. The, um, uh, actually, no, I still You thought that. he was evil and then he met me. Yeah, he, well, no, 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 then you just twisted. Um, uh, so you have evil and twisted, the, the, the brand new sitcom. Uh, I would watch that. All right. So, like, it, I would watch a sitcom starring myself and Zach if it wasn't so close to the truth. Yeah, about that. Um, uh, Look, so, if somebody wants to film a sitcom about me and Brandon, I'm fine. Just don't ask me to fucking work on it. I'll act in it. I'm not editing it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I promise I will be a diva if I have to act. Oh, God. Um, Look, uh, if you ask any of us to wipe your ass, I'm going to stab you for every person you ask. The shitty, the shittiest reality show ever. Um, I, so, my perspective, uh, I got, I went on backstage, I looked at, here's, this is really, really good acting advice, by the way. Especially for auditions. Be ready to act at the drop of a hat. And never be timid in entering a situation. The, um, that was one of those situations that came from years of experience of, you know, uh, of walking into a room and going and just, just being friendly and being open and, you know, and, and, and figuring out what's going on. And I happen to be early to this one, which, you know, that's, uh, that's yeah, that's a fucking mind blowing fact the, right there. I, I, I did it once just to convince him <laughs> that I would always do that. The, um, uh, and then the rest he of was the, on time for everything else except for meetings. That the, it's like, you got to fucking fight with him or tell him two hours early. The, um, so so this is one of those times too uh, when I walked in I'm like oh shit I'm sorry I'm early I'm going to sure that I wait on the hall you know hey here's the sides and, and, and you know being the director and trying to save time you're like no just you know hop in there and that was one of those times that, that years of acting had, had trained me to just be totally comfortable doing that like yeah you're, be okay with failing and fucking up because at that point it's your show it's your space. You can do whatever the hell you want and everything else. It's your time. You know, you know, I'm playing with house money right now. Like when you walk into a casino, if they just handed you 20 bucks, you, why not? Why the fuck not? Why not play? You know, you, 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 know, you, you never have to come back if you don't want to. Um, but if you, they're going to give you free money, use it. That's what an audition space is. It's, it's a time for you to have free money. You have no risk at that point. And when, you know, and it was perfect timing when you say, hey, you know, why don't well, you, you both are here, you know, as a matter of circumstance, jump in there, see how you guys, you know, mix and match and work. Um, uh, the, um, um, I can't remember if you told me in the audition, which I thought was really weird, or you told me later, um, if it was later, that makes more sense, it's probably better. Um, uh, in the future, never do that again, if it was during the audition, but you actually said, 
I know they're supposed to make me do have you do this the no, second I, time. No, I did tell you that during the audition. That was and, and I was like I was like if okay, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't ever fucking do that ever again. The oh my that's a the, don't ever say that because because if if in the event that somebody comes in and they're better or more suited than that, yeah. that person's going to be real fucking pissed. And then they, uh, so that was one of those things that that I went, "Oh, that's weird, but I guess you must like me." Um, and then, uh, you called me up, you said, Hey, let's, let's do it. Um, uh, let's start working on this. You know, it had to be a two part and yeah, like I, I like, cause I, I had to shoot this thing in uh, two parts. I wrote the first part, but be- okay. So here's another thing I wanted to act in it, but because our fucking teacher was a pain in the ass and stubborn as shit, I couldn't have like a big role or anything like that. I don't know why I made such a big fucking fuss about it, but whatever. So I wrote a prequel to it essentially. And that was going to be the part I shot for school, and I was going to shoot the other part later while I still had access to their tech and everything. So I talked with all the actors and everything after I brought them on board and just, hey, would you be interested in shooting, you know, a second part of this later? And they're like, yeah, cool. So I'm like, okay, that just helps solidify shit. But, yeah, continue. The, um, yeah, and, and the funny thing is that you and I started talking, um, uh, you know, after the shoot, um, you and I just started bullshitting. Um, of, you know, about life and about, you know, movies and, you know, and on our certain passions and everything else. And then, you know, I, I really liked your script. I liked how you wrote. And I said, oh, hey, I was looking for a writing partner. Um, then you and I started to write together and then became friends. And then, you know, and then, um, and then obviously the second round of, of, of shooting came a little bit later. But that first shoot was fun. Um, I remember being really, really cold, but I remember having a lot of fucking fun. Um, I remember sitting in the living room, and, um, and I believe it was your living room of your old house. Your it was. Grand- well, yeah, this is my grandparents' place when I was still living with them. Yep. It was cleaning that place up and getting it organized to shoot everything in there was such a fucking nightmare. And here's the thing. I also had to reorganize my room entirely. Like, my room was a fucking mess. It was just cluttered with a whole bunch of shit, so I had, like... Just completely redid it, emptied the fuck out of it. And even my closet, too. I can't remember where the hell I stored all that shit, too. Like, I either did a really good job organizing, or I just threw a bunch of shit somewhere. I'm just like, I'll fucking deal with this later. The, uh, God damn, getting that place set up to shoot in there was a pain in the ass. You made everybody feel welcome. The, um, uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, I certainly felt comfortable. Yeah, and th- that's another thing. That was my first time hosting auditions. Like, I... Remember helping Wes with his auditions, but I wasn't hosting them, so I was just like, all right, fucking, it's not on me. If something goes wrong, it's just like, oh, well, Wes, we fucked up. Well, mainly you fucked up, but eh, I'm in the clear. But my time around, I'm just, I was fucking nervous and shit, which is why I'm glad Marcus was there to help me out. But no, it went a hell of a lot smoother than I could have anticipated. And, you know, and fuck you, man. You're a lightning rod for good casting. Oh, I know I am. The, and I'm proud um, of it. Uh, you know, I don't know how that happens, but you are. But um, I know how to pick people. Yeah, it was. It I was know a, the role I want. I know the person I want for that role, and I'm gonna make sure it fucking happens. Then and 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 it certainly did. What'll happen when you're finally wrong someday? I'm not going to be. <laughs> we get to tell you I told you so. No, you don't. Um, uh, or you know, welcome to my hell. Oh um, my! He's gonna retire after too... short number four and make sure. <laughs> No, dude, I'm too fucking paranoid to fuck something up like that. Like, I vet the shit out of every actor I choose and just make sure it's just like, okay, yeah, you're the right one. Like, that's why I like doing in-person auditions. I hate doing video auditions because you don't really get a feel for the person. When you're doing an in-person audition, 
you can you can talk to that uh, you can talk to this character you can get a vibe for what they're like who they are and stuff like that and mark he came in with that fucking classic mark energy like hey i'm mark conway <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, all right, cool. I, I like this guy. <laughs> I like what this guy's all about. Yeah, you know, you can tell if somebody's full of shit. Like, there was one guy who came into his high office fucking rocks. Yeah, that happens too. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's like, yeah, in-person auditions all the way. Because oh. that's another thing. If they're not going to show up to the audition, why the hell would they show up to your film? The um, No, I know. And you know what? And, and this actually was kind of a, it was a fun role because... It was a. It was very like. There's two different. Oh, you son of a bitch! You pulled an American Psycho in my movie. I'm just realizing. What did I? What did I? What did I do? Okay, so the so the part where you're with the girl you're cheating with, it's just like, uh, Lindsay's calling you, and you're just like, I gotta go. I'll call you. <laughs> and you're, you improv that shit. <laughs> Dude, and, 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 the, and the coal, like, died. Like, subliminal messaging is I'm strong like, realize, in this one. Wow. Jesus Christ. That's, that's, that's amazing. I can't believe you just got that after all these years. Fucking hell. The, all right, um, yeah, uh, continue with what you were the, saying. Um, uh, and then, I, I wish we had video of this because it's amazing to see the look on Zach's face as his whole world turns upside down. Yes. One of these days we'll start doing video podcasts again. It's just too much of a pain in the ass to do it with our current setup right now. All right, this is how good Zach is a director. He actually let me go. Like, and, and, and he wasn't restrictive and he said, he said, Hey, like do that. Like, you know, do a different version every time you, you come back to the door. Like it was literally like that blooper from, from final girls where you saw the different versions that Adam did. It's exactly what I did. I, there was like five different, like I'll, I'll call you, you know, I'll, you know, I'll come back, you know, like I'm never coming back. <laughs> Here's your panties back. Like it's just. Dude, I remember everybody was cracking up when you did that bit. I'm like, that is fucking beautiful. Yeah. All right, all right, we're, we're keeping it. But um, but yeah, it was it was. Um, there's two different types of, in my eyes, always two different types of of like American film acting. It's literally naturalistic and and immersion. So immer- and you can do different versions of it, but it pretty much boils down to them. Naturalistic is like George Clooney and uh, Jimmy Stewart. Like it's very naturalistic. It's very, you know, almost pretty much being yourself. And then immersive is Brando, like where you dissolve into the character and you do all that stuff. And this is kind of cool because I I got to be a lot more naturalistic. It was just me being, you know, it was me being the character, of course. But it was it wasn't there wasn't a lot of research that was necessary. I didn't have to like divulge. It was it was very light. Yeah. Like it, it it didn't have to be heavy. It was an important role, but it was still simple. Correct. It didn't have to be, you know, this big dramatic role. He was just a dude. Yeah. The um, it was just a guy who was, you know, work, you know, working, and yeah, he was fucking around with another girl because he couldn't, because he wasn't man enough to actually break up with with that girl. Like a lot of guys, it happens to a lot of guys where they they they, especially if it's a girl that's unstable. Yeah. Like they don't want to break up with her because you know you don't want to be the cause of of her ultimate demise or somebody else's demise in this particular <laughs> case. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of like how I approach the guy. He's just a dude. He was just a guy who was working, you know, a crazy job, and he was also had the 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 monumental task of trying to be her support as well as dealing with with all of his bullshit of, you know, working a full-time job and, you know, working overtime and and then also coming home and, you know, and, like, what kind of mood she going to be in and, you know, and what kind of drama I'm going to have to deal with. And that's the reason why he 
found you know um, comfort somewhere else, and um, uh, and you know and that, that's kind of where that mindset of that character was coming from, and and it is something that I um, easily spotted. Um, not anything that I pulled from my own life, but well, actually, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been in several situations where um, I didn't want to break up with somebody. The um, I, I didn't want to break up with somebody because I don't want to be the bad guy. And, and this was no different than this situation. So you pull some shit from your own life sometimes. The, um, uh, and you don't want to be too close because otherwise it gets a little too personal. The, um, uh, you got to you know, do about maybe 10% to, to 30% of your own life and then the rest of it is all your exaggeration of imagination. So the, uh, can't get too close because otherwise you end up like that sitcom. The, um, uh, you know, if this, if, you know, this would be even more hilarious if it wasn't so close to heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, I remember the first experience was, was pretty good. Um, uh, the, I remember walking into the, uh, to the bathtub scene and going, holy shit, this is Nightmare on Elm Street in here. Cause it looked exactly like Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm sure that might've been on purpose, but it sure the fuck looked like it. I don't think that was my intention at the time, but hey, cool. I'm fucking glad somebody liked that. It was probably working on you subliminally. Of course, like the American Psycho line. That's oh, the, Jesus. <laughs> the, um, uh, so that was part one of Pension. That was, yeah, part, that was one. part one. And then there was part two. Which happened. Which shot how long after part one? Roughly nine months later. It right. was in the summer. Yeah. Uh, it was early September, if I remember correctly. Because I was rushing to get this shot because I, I was approaching like... It, like school was almost over for me yeah so i wanted to use the school's equipment while i still could because i figured well i don't know where my life's gonna go after this so i need something when i'm out of here so i'm gonna shoot this and hope for the fucking best and that was the first time we worked together i believe yes and i was able to help you out because i was actually on vacation at that time i was working night shift at target yeah right and the um, days i was shooting were like the last three days of his vacation yeah and it, it, it's funny because i was actually supposed to be working on another short at the beginning of my vacation that fell through for very sort of fell through for various reasons um and then i went and visited my brother in seattle with my family for a week and then i came back and my last week was basically helping you out and I actually remember the day we went to the school to test out the cameras. And you learned a few things about my time at the school. Um, but that's The for... terrified look on Scott's face. He's like, oh shit. He's back. <laughs> I never left. The, uh... Oh, fucking god the, damn. It, it was the epitome of that scene in freaks and geeks when the one former student who went to college comes back to visit his brother and the one teacher's like i hate it when they come back <laughs> the, um, uh, i wasn't around for that nope but that's for a conversation for another time um so yeah i was helping you out for that one and so that was the set that you and i met that is correct it was. I, I thought you were gonna. I thought there was gonna be something. Along I, with that. I thought I was gonna lead into a question with that, but for some reason I didn't. <laughs> my, my brain. Did, did I mention it. I'm very tired? Yeah. Today. Yes. What are the, What are your thoughts on the theory of relativity? Uh, forty-two. Um, the uh, yeah. So so that was an interesting set because you were tied to a chair for like ninety-nine percent 
And his pants of were that. off for about 45 of Okay, it. so there's a lot of things that happen on this set. Uh, but first of all, yes, I, I, I did meet Brandon for the first time. And, and actually, if I if memory serves correctly, we, we hit it off pretty uh, pretty well the first time we were chatting. Yeah. Because we got in a long conversation about your Woodstock script. And um, uh, we were talking about your documentary and just talking about film and... And uh, and I figured out something that will pretty much be the the epitome of branding our relationship, or one of the pillars of our relationship is we can get real technical and real specific about a lot of shit. Um, we figured out that like we're on the same brain wavelength a little bit later, but um, actually I'm pretty sure we found it out then um, too. So because there, there's a couple conversations where what I would say something, you'd be like, "Damn, Mark, I just thought of that," and then I would, and the reverse would happen, and then it's a tradition that's continued up until this date. Um, yeah. And then Zach and I are really good at talking about like general, like yo, that's awesome, and like let's blow the shit up and all that stuff. And Brandon's like, well, no, like you know, like well, did you know about this? And I'm like, yeah, but did you know about that? Um, a lot more, you know, technically proficient and knowing about you know trivia because of course Brandon is the IMDb champ of the world. Um, uh, it, it I was, don't know about the world. Definitely of this room. Sure. I'm going to go and say the world. I'm going to go with the definitely world. on most sets I've been on. Pretty much. Again, the world. The world. And by most, I mean all. <laughs> I, I'm Fair trying enough, right? to be somewhat modest. I'm failing miserably at yes, that. Yes, you are. Um, Anyways. But it, it, but it ended up being um, a great a great conversation. Um, but a lot of things happened on that set, Zach, didn't oh they? Oh, my God. Yeah, and you you got you got to sort of get your feet wet in a producer role, sort that, of. That I did. That I did. Well, no, it was it was. I don't I don't think Shooting sort of that it was. Was a nightmare. Like everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Just every time I turned around, I'm like, God hates me. What the fuck? All right. So so what happened? All right. So let's start. Day one, we're. <laughs> it was gonna be a four day shoot. So day one, we're. Getting ready to shoot and everything. We spend the whole day shooting and we lose the location. Already I'm just like... I, I, I'm not saying this out loud, but in my head I'm screaming, Fuck! I knew that, it was That's a- pretty much what my brain is doing 24 hours a <laughs> day. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Mark called his dad and we were able to use his the original location he thought uh, he showed me, but I just you know wasn't sure that we were going to be able to get it and stuff. So I was just like looking flying around that's why i went with marcus's basement but mark was able to pull through and he got me a location and his dad that was the first time his dad saved my ass the um uh, it, it, it seems to happen quite often yeah um my the uh shout out to papa conway indeed um uh, so um so that is and funny enough that's actually my dad's childhood home in the city um uh, which we proceeded to it just it worked out the stars were aligned because the downstairs apartment was vacant and they had a basement downstairs. And it, it was perfect because all of the cast and crew, when they weren't shooting or they were, you know, in between setups, uh, can go up there and go in the air conditioning and just relax and, and, and you know, not be bothered. And then while everybody else was, uh, you know, uh, getting a life taken off, a year taken off their life uh, by inhaling large quantities of dust. Except Jill. Jill will, you Jill know. was the one who was smart and came down with a mask. Mask. <laughs> The, um, Everybody you, slowly started to adopt that policy, but you know, me and I Mark adopted it and then quickly abandoned it. The glasses, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> like I, I just couldn't work with it. Yeah, no, the, uh, I was 
one of the very few who just went the entire time without de- dealing with a mask. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Fuck this. I just want to get this done. Mark went like 90% of the time. There was one point where he came down. I'm like, I, I, I got to do it. I'm like, whatever. That's fine. The, Don't yeah. kill yourself. It, it, it's a very strange precursor to what the world is going through right now. Yeah, Jill was wearing a mask before it was stylish. Yeah, uh, she was doing it before it was cool. Before it was invoked. I don't know if it's cool now, but... Well, if you're not wearing one, you're usually getting yelled at, so... There's that. There is that. There is that. But uh, it was... uh, was There was a lot of... There's some other... Um, other personal conflicts that, that that came on in the set as Besides well. Besides that one thing, there was still plenty of other shit that happened that it was just like, fuck. The um, uh, I think the power went out. Um, at that one was point. literally the final day. So all right, so here's all the events leading up to it. So day one, so day two, it's us just catching up and trying to like, okay, we might be able to reuse that shot, but fuck it, let's just get all the shit we did from day one. I'm surprised we were able to finish that fucking shoot. I really am, because we lost an entire day. But we pulled through, because we're fucking awesome. Anyways, yeah, uh, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah, so day two was essentially a recoup day. Day three, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm ordering lunch, and for some reason, there was a charge from New York or something like that. I, I don't know. Either way, my credit card was declined. The place we were ordering from, I guess they like do charges from New York. Hmm. So I had to call Chase get them to fucking reactivate my card and allow this charge so we could get food over there and just get everybody fed, you know, while all this shit's still happening and all that. Uh, the final day... I actually remember that. I remember you pacing in the backyard on the yeah. phone with Chase, and I'm like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> and then my fucking bank, man! It's fucking ridiculous! Yeah. Uh, the final day... The one good thing I got out of this was I got to cover some... This was... This is still <laughs> one of the fucking highlights of my uh, film career. I got to completely drench somebody in blood. I fucking loved doing that. Granted, because somebody is a little perfectionist and clean freak, we had to make a trash can, like, fucking aisle for her to walk through. Dude, it wasn't my place to wreck, bro. It was a basement. The, uh... Again. Look, if there's a few bloody footprints, nobody's gonna ask... Well, then again, you are Italian, so I guess there's a fair point there. Sometimes it's best to ask questions, sometimes not so much. Look, you were in Florida. It would have been fine. The, uh, everyone's always in Florida. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of crazy shit happened. But yeah, there. like, um, but here's the thing. We had to shoot her scenes within, I think it was like 30 minutes. Like, she got there, we drenched her in blood, shot her scenes as quick as possible, showered her, and sent her on her way. We did all this within like 30, 40 minutes, so it was like... Okay, now that that's done, let's continue. Power to the building gets cut. Yeah, because somebody didn't pay their comment bill. The um, uh, so I don't even know what we did. Like, you called somebody, and we managed to get power on after like another twenty or thirty minutes. We spent the rest of the day shooting. We finally finished, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, this is fucking over." Yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun experience. The um, I just uh, remember going back to school the next day and thinking, "Thank." Fucking God, that's over. No, I remember going home and taking my first shower, and it's just black coming off of yeah. me. Yeah, I, I look yeah. down and I'm just like, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was gross how much dust was in there. It of was course, amazing since how I much wasn't dust wearing, was down there. Since I wasn't wearing a mask, just I was breathing in dust. 
for three days straight. It didn't affect me because of how I'm used to living. <laughs> at, yeah, at, the time, I, at the time, I was used to living in pretty shitty conditions. Or not the greatest. Like I, I, so, I sneezed when I got home, and it was black, black. snot. Yeah. And I'll remember that. I'll spare you the gory details of what I did to clean myself out. Good. Yeah, I know. Because it is not scarier like than any horror movie you will ever watch. Dude, the... I just remember coming out of the shower and looking and just like, wow, I didn't know I was this white. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. I said the before and after. Yep, that fucking photo. I remember that photo. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, it was yeah. a good fucking day. The um, I'm running around shirtless because I'm sweating bullets and dust and just like I don't know what I'm doing, but cool. The um, oh god, I love that. The um, I'll actually send you a couple of these photos so you can throw it into the edit. Yeah. The um, uh, there's me. Uh, there's that. Yeah, fucking all bloodied and scarred up. The uh, but yeah, no. There were fun moments on that shoot. Don't get me wrong, but overall, it was just. Why don't I, you, with I everything that was going wrong, directing and acting was kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, you're a I producer, was, you're a director, you're an actor. Writer. You were the writer. I still have that bloody script. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still have that production binder. I'm never getting rid of that thing. It, it's like, it's just a memento from like... Frankly, if you're doing all that stuff and you weren't stressed, I'd be worried. Exactly. Exactly. 110%. Yeah, like, of all the sets I've been on, that one was definitely, like, even the bad sets I've been on, those weren't my sets. When it's your set and all that shit's happening, it's, like, just freaking the fuck out. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was a, it was a hell of an experience. The, um, uh... And then, like I said, this asshole had his pants off 45% all of right. the time. All right, There's a very... I don't want to get blood on my pants! It was a very specific reason. It was actually two very specific reasons. One of them had to do with my pants, and one of them had to do with Harrison Ford. Um, I, think, you never I wonder you... which reason takes the higher property. Well, the pants, of course. The, um, I had brought brand new jeans. I didn't want to get blood on, on them. And, and two, though, I just watched an interview with Harrison Ford talking about um, the... Uh, Last Crusade, and he was filming that scene with Sean Connery where they're both tied up, and then that giant fire. And Sean Connery says, "It's like, hey, like it's super hot in here. Like I'm, a, we're just shooting from the waist up, right?" And he's like, "They're like, yeah. Like, can I take off my pants?" And and he's and they're like, "Yeah, absolutely, Sean." Mark, tell that story again, but actually do Sean Connery's. No, voice. I'm not. Um, uh, I would do a terrible job. I will not. Do I know. That. They, uh, I'm, I refuse. All right, can you do it the Bane way though? No. Um, They're I essentially re- the same I thing. Re- they, they are. Um, and then Harrison Ford said, well, was, right, well Sean's well, going to take if off If somebody back. ever asks you if you can say it the Bane way, the only answer there is, is, of course! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. So anyway, so so Harrison Ford asked, hey, can I can I take off my pants too? And they said, sure. And then John Connery and, and Harrison Ford both did that. Um, uh, Doing that, a fucking that scene together pantsless. Yeah, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford did a scene together pantsless. So there yeah. you go. Um, so I had two reasons to justify why I asked that question. Yeah, I got the C mark in his tidy whities before his girlfriend I did. I never wear tidy whities, sir. <laughs> Bullshit. That is that is that is a that is a blatant lie, sir. Those were boxers, and they. We were, do not have the were, video evidence to prove it because nobody got that, shots of you over the waist down, that, nor did they get photos. That it didn't which I'm happen. Kind of surprised. That it didn't happen. The um, and then right and, and it was always interesting. Right when I was, I and, still have Marcus well, David Brand, and also too right when we were filming that scene with no pants on, Jill recognized me from Beware of the Clowns. 
The, um, I like how uh, she chooses then to recognize. I you. was hysterical. She's like, she's like, oh my god, you were where the clowns? You were great. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I remember that too. I'm like, holy shit, you have a fan. Good job. I really can't wait to see this movie. The um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, how did that end, Zach? The, uh, I saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because of the faces we're making right now at each other. <laughs> fucking Brandon. The um, uh, so but yeah, it was it was a, uh, another fucking dynamite experience. Um, uh, and I will say this too: is, is Zach is a director. Uh, he's one of those people that I, as a director and actor relationship, that I trust in, implicitly. Um, uh, you know, not and then I trusted him implicitly before we were partners in a business. The, um, uh, you know, one of those people that I just, you know, he says, hey, you know, like, let's work this out. I know what he's telling me is always in service of the story. Um, and I always can trust his judgment call when it comes to how he direct, directs his actors. And, yeah, we can have difference of opinion on, on you know, the producerial stuff. But I, I've never, him and I have always been able to find a, a middle ground with when the acting and director relationship and it also is easier for him, I'm assuming, because I can only guess on this perspective, that I, he lets me do my thing and I let him do his thing. Um, and we both come together because we both want it to be a great project. And, and that's always number one. We, we both had the same mission, which is making this the best project we possibly can. We both respect each other's talents when it comes to acting and directing. And and then and we both trust each other. Um, uh, you know, and I I certainly uh, trust him um, very very much on directing, which is which makes the relationship really fucking easy, um, uh, and makes things flow a lot easier when they're you know a director and an actor aren't at each other's throats. So it, it ends up working out, and in this case, it did work out. The um, uh, and also Zach being the editor, um, he also you know, knows how to respect a performance. Um, he knows, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm going to do what I can to, to make sure this, like I said, this is the best project, but by making this the best project, I'm going to make sure that I take the best cuts, you know, the best takes from an actor's performance to make it the best project I possibly can. So I trust him, I trust him there in directing, and I also trust him in editing, especially trust him in editing. The because um, he's done a lot more editing than I've seen him direct, but that's just sheer numbers. But that being said, and same thing with with Brandon. Brandon is has the same philosophy of trying to make this the best possible project he can, um, and that's another thing that I trust him. And if I ever was acting for Brandon in a directing relationship, it would be no different. The um, uh, you know I just happen to have the experience with Zach at this point. So. But, um, but yeah, that was always the one thing that, that was easy for me with Zach was we always were on the same page and we had the same mission, which is we want this to be the best fucking project it possibly can be. And then the rest is, the rest is all bullshit. The, um, the, you know, the, the whatever, all their stresses or, you know, other bullshit that flies in the face of the project, that's, the, you know, that's neither here nor there. Like, we're, we're here. We're here right now. Let's get it done. Um, let's get it over with. Let's get it done as soon as possible. Kind of has that Clint Eastwood feel, uh, which I gave him that piece of advice from Clint Eastwood, and he still does it to this day. Yeah, absolutely, I fucking love it. Um, what was the What was the advice? What was the story? Instead of saying action, just say whenever you're ready. And, and it's nice. It's smoother. I like the way it sounds, and I don't feel like such a prestigious prick. 
a pretentious prick? Nah, prestigious. That works too. The um, but yeah, it, I mean, it was it was a hell of a project. Um, uh, Kaliki was fantastic to work with. Um, I uh, still fucking love her performance in that movie. Oh, no doubt. Um, One uh, of these days, I may release it. Actually, I've been, I've been thinking for a while. I kind of want to go back and just re-edit the whole thing. I have a lot more skills now that I didn't have back then, so I might be able to salvage some of the shit that I wasn't able to salvage before. So, I don't know. I may go back, take a look at it. Maybe even release it on the Midwest Horror Network channel. I don't fucking know. I mean, do you really think it'll pass the approval of you, me, Mark, and David? That's a good fucking question. What? It's only one way to find out. When we know exactly what we do, we gotta... Because I'm a tough producer to convince. The uh... No, you're not. All I gotta do is give you some insomnia cookies and you'll shut up and be like, okay... You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that will that that'll definitely work. Let's see. Where's this contraband bag of Twix, Snickers, or Starburst's? Been? Yeah, look. There's the Starburst wrappers over there. Let me let me guess, Brandon. Those aren't yours. You're holding those for a friend. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Sure. The, Justin uh, told me it was the opposite, but okay. The uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's what Justin said about about them too. I wonder who's telling the truth. Um, but but you know the biggest test though is the test on the on the on the big screen. Yeah, no, the, the fucked up part is. One part is going to look much better than the other. Oh, yeah. God. This we is when I discovered the real difference in quality of cameras. So we shot... So we did some side-by-side comparisons. I shot the first part on the... Um, I think it was the AF-100s, they're called. Was it their camera with the interchangeable lenses? Yes. Yeah, that was their yeah. AF-100. The AF-100s, those were the Skulls cameras. And then for the second part, when I was getting everything ready, Brandon's like, what camera are you going to use? I'm probably going to use the AF-100. You know, we're going to use my uh, GH4. And Wes Because I wanted to do dual camera setup just to be more efficient. So, and Wes had his GH4, so it's just like, we can do dual camera setup with uh, his, like, with mine and his. So I'm like, all right, well, let, let's do a camera test. Let's see how they look. So we set up this thing in the green screen room, and we did a side-by-side -side comparison. And holy fuck. The quality, the visual difference between the GH4 and the G, uh, the AF, yeah, AF100 was just nice. We also did day. that test before I really knew what I was doing. Either way, it was just like I looked at the footage and I'm like, all right, out of the question. I'm not taking out those fucking cameras. Thankfully, I was just I just took out gear and fuck the cage. I, I just want to point this out. I wanted to um. Bounce disc. I wanted to take out a bounce disc, and um, you know, along with a whole bunch of other equipment. But I'm just like, hey, can I get a bounce disc? Uh, I don't think we have a bounce disc. Yeah, we do. We have one right here. I'm like, that's big for a fucking bounce disc. It's like, eh, hey, you'll be fine. We get to set, open it up. It's not a bounce disc. It's a fucking green screen. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's super just, stupid. I, I, the people who fucking worked at the cage were fucking morons. Just incompetent fools, but whatever. That's besides the point. I have my own stories about that, but that's yeah. not for this podcast. Like the only person, like towards the end of that school's lifespan, and when I was going there, there was only one person who worked there that had any idea what the fuck he was doing, and that was Freddie. Freddie was the only one who even tried to take care of like the film equipment, but you know he's a film guy; he knows what the fuck he's doing. Everybody else, yeah, fuck it. Goddamn morons. Anyway, but Zach's not bitter. Um, the, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good experience. Um, a lot of fun, you know, uh, fun stuff happened and obviously I met you guys and I met David. Um, uh, so I mean the, um, you know, yeah, there's some drama, there's some activity, there was some, a lot of, you know, back and forth shit, but overall it was a, pr it was a really good filming experience. 
Um, uh, yeah, of course, the dust will take a year of all, all of our lives, as the joke said. Yep. But, Probably two or three for me. Yeah, but... Because uh, I just stood in that basement most of the time. I'm like, I'm not fucking leaving till this is done. Dude, I, I, I literally got a couple of breaks. Because um, uh, I remember I was on the, on the patio uh, on deck. There was a break that Zach forced me to take. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why I don't I even remember. Because I, I was behind the camera during one of your close-ups... And for some reason, the look on your face just kept cracking me up. Oh, so the la- out- literally the last shot of the fucking movie. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I fucking hate... I don't even think I used that shot. <laughs> no matter who came I down, everybody it. started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, I fucking hate this. So, so yeah, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. The, uh, eh, whatever. Yeah. The, um, uh, but yeah, overall, it was, it was a good experience acting wise. Um, uh, again, it was, it was a good natural, you know, natural experience being on there and, and a fuck ton of fun. I mean, you know, this is just it goes back to it was the same thing from, you know, uh, from Tony and from Beware of the Clowns. You know, it was just reaffirmed the culture. Uh, and it re reminded me, you know, that, hey, that you should be more a part of this. The um, uh, you know, every example of the culture that I had experienced before was was probably even more tenfold on this. You know, the passion, the um, the drive, the you know, the love of what uh, of the genre of horror was, and you know, it's easy to get you know sucked up into that, and it's a good thing to get sucked it up is. into that. The um, uh, you know, it's it's it can be very intoxicating to be part of that kind of community because it's surprisingly refreshing. The um, uh, it is the most in- entertaining community of filmmakers. Indeed, I, I swear to God, there's no other group of filmmakers that I would rather hang out with. And there's no group of filmmakers that are like it. Yeah. The um, uh, you know, there's not there's not any other filmmakers that do what the horror community does. Not not like that. Maybe a little bit of the science fiction stuff, but but not even that. Yeah, to a degree, sure with science fiction and maybe even a little bit of action, but no horror is just fucking its own oh. world unto yeah. itself. So. But yeah, no, that's definitely um, uh, you know, with any other any other questions from that? Oh, no, <laughs> I can't think yeah, of anything. I, I can't think of anything either. The um, uh, it was a hell of a red um, on yeah. those horror, and I'll continue to act them. I'll continue to act. Um, obviously, this is you know this my role as you know executive producer on and then on set producer and then co owner takes a lot of you know a lot of time all onto itself you know so. Um, and obviously, with the pandemic, you know, acting has kind of taken a backseat to, to me. But it just but a I, lot of filming in general is taking a backseat. Well, that's true. But um, uh, but that doesn't mean that you know this next you know thing will be my first time in front of the camera in a while. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, um, same uh, here. The um, uh, it, it'll be good to get to do the, do my little walk again, and then you know walk on the set early and and get comfortable with the space like I've always done. I've been doing since I was eight years old. Um, I miss that feeling. I miss that feeling of, of being on a set. Um, uh, and it'd be nice because I know, you know, it'd be even more interesting because I know everybody um, uh, that's going to be there. So um, it'd be cool to, to see that perspective. This will be interesting too because this is the first time I've ever been an actor and an executive producer at the same time. Yeah. So that, that should be an interesting um, yep. an interesting thing. So hopefully it doesn't uh, tie up too much responsibility on either end. But uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's gonna be a, a good stuff. Um, it's gonna be a good time. You know, I, we have the best team around. Um, uh, you know, I wish I met you guys earlier. Same. 
But I would have loved to have known you guys in high school. Maybe it wouldn't have sucked so fucking much. Probably. I can I can honestly say for for me the same. God, it was such a waste of four years, I swear to God. The uh, I didn't even live in the same state as you guys when I was in high school. Eh. To be fair, he didn't live in the city. I was by him a, a decent amount of time. He was at least time, in Illinois. Yeah. True. Very, very true. I, I still can't believe you were in Algonquin that whole fucking time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> God, not even far from where I was. No, like, it was less going. than ten, less than ten minutes away. Like seriously, that whole fucking time, just wow. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, it is often a small world, but yeah, um, you know what though? But I, I'm glad it happened when it happened because, you know, all the experiences that I went through led me here. Because Same. because if I think if I was more green on acting, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable in that audition. The, you know, I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I that I was doing with. Without years of of you know of being embarrassed and 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 you know feeling awkward and you know and getting used to finding a voice and you know and finding a movement and you know and finding who I am as a performer and a, as an actor. So I mean you know it, it was those years of experience that made me per, prepared for when I finally got into your room because yeah. then because then it was you know it was an easy decision for you. You're like I, I can trust you with with this part that I've written. So, you know, I needed to be those, I need to go through those experiences of getting fired and going and playing a extra in a, in a horror movie and then going to Beware of the Clowns and having that experience and then finally landing in, in the right room at the right time. And, and that's what this is all about is being, is yeah. It, that's um, something you should never forget. Every experience is a learning experience, and shit. that includes failures. Shit. Failures man. are the biggest learning oh, experience. The, the best. Um, uh, that's one thing that our fucking storyboarding teacher said that's actually right. Fail as much as you can in school, because it save your ass later on in life. For real. Um, uh, you know, and my old chorus teacher said, um, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. The um, interesting, uh, you know, be prepared and you know, and and practice your craft, and then you'll be able to seize that opportunity when it comes around. Yep. So I think that's a good place to go out on. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we take our audience out? Zach, squirrels. <laughs> of course, Brandon. It was good interviewing you hey. here on Inside the Actors Studio. <laughs> oh Jesus I wish. Christ! I wish. Inside the E True Not Hollywood Story. <laughs> that one. Um, uh, yeah, James Lipton's not with us anymore. Although he's like 100. Um, Jesus uh, Christ. He was up there. He, he was I, I like, don't think he hit 100. But he was he like was, 98 yeah, was, or 97. He was up there. Um, fucking uh, old. He was a lot closer than you would have thought just by looking at him. Yeah. yeah no. Um, wow. uh, but uh, it's it's been a hell of a ride. Um, all the actors out there that are listening be in horror movies. They're great. Uh, you never know who you land. Um, you might walk into an audition and then, you know, and then what, four or five years later, walk out with, you know, three new best friends. Um, I, the, uh, you know, never know what will happen then. The, uh, so seize every opportunity that you can because you never know what it will lead you to. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's Nightmares podcast. You can find us at Midwest Horror Network on all of our social medias, including here on YouTube Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher. 
And of course, if you'd be so kind to check out all of our amazing other um, uh, other programs, uh, we, which by the way, you won't be notified about that unless you click that little bell that's right there. So every time we post something new, you'll be notified about it. And you can check out our amazing programs like Living Nightmares, as we mentioned. It's a narrative show where we uh, go ahead and uh, explore real life experiences that have happened to people. And also check out our great, great show, The Screaming Room, where we uh, go ahead and react, watch, and discuss lesser-known horror movies, and also check out Zach's awesome show, Let's Play a Game, where Zach checks out all of the awesome horror video games that are out there. He plays and reacts to them in real time. Thank you very much, as always. Um, give this a like, a like and a share, and, and a subscribe, uh, and tell your aunts, brothers, sisters, uncles, best friends. Thank you very much, as always, and, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.